Hello and welcome to Brightcast Between the Pages. I'm Florianne, your co-host for this episode. And I'm Melissa, your other co-host. And in this episode, we're really excited to be joined by author Naomi Gibson. Hi. Naomi grew up... Oh, hi, hi Naomi. <laughs> no, absolutely fine. We got the hello in before the introduction. Um, and now I get to introduce Naomi and her wonderful writing. Um, so she grew up in Cheshire um, and is now based in Glasgow. Um, in Scotland. Her childhood was spent with her nose in a book and her hands on a sketch pad, constantly in search of adventure and new worlds. Encouraged by her family to be creative, she developed a love for writing at a young age, something that never left her. She studied art history at the University of Manchester. Whilst there, she met her husband, someone who continues to tell her all about the latest advancements in AI, space and consumer technology, even when she's not listening. Every Line of You, a young adult romantic psychological thriller about artificial intelligence, is her first novel, and proof she does, in fact, listen to her husband. I really like that last bit of your bio, that's great. Um. <laughs> well, it's lovely uh, for you to join us for this episode, which is really exciting. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. And your book sounds really, really interesting, um, and I'm sure you'll be telling us a lot about it. In this episode, oh, I love the cover as well, it looks great. It's great. <laughs> yeah, the cover is amazing. So this is the straight edge version, guys. Yeah. Oh, jealous. <laughs> that looks really, really good. That looks awesome. Yeah, well, it looks really good, and it sounds with the um, uh, the AI theme as well. Sounds really interesting. So I'm sure we'll talk about that later in the episode. But um, I guess I mean, I guess we kind of found out a little bit in that intro. Um, but I just want to know a bit more about why you started writing. Um, you know, your origin story, basically. Um, so, yeah, if you want to tell us a bit about that. Sure. Um, well, yeah, like I said in my, my bio, um, I have definitely always uh, written. Um, I actually grew up without a TV. I didn't have a TV until I was, like, 11. So books were, like, a huge part of my life. And um, going to the library after school was, like, the best thing ever. Cause you could get out, like, 10 books. So that was always ridiculous. Um, <laughs> so yeah, books are always like a massive part of my life. Um, but I kind of forgot about writing for like a really long time. Um, and then when I was about, it was maybe about four or five years ago, I was um, in my career and I suddenly realised I was actually like quite unhappy. And um, I started looking for like a creative outlet again. And there was like this local writing class at this college. Uh, so it was a writing class at the local college near me and um, it was like once a week and it was really really cheap it was a bargain actually it was like 90 quid for 10 lessons so I was like yeah sign me up <laughs> um so I, I started going along to that and that was probably where um I learned how to write really where you know you learn all about character development and plot and plot arcs and things like that and um, so that was probably where I learned all the technical stuff but um yeah and it, that was so yeah I think I just went back to writing as like this massive um creative outlet for myself to be honest <laughs> um because I, I, I don't know I was just in a career and I was just like where am I going with this career I need to do something creative because I think all writers are creative and I just I knew I had that in me and I wanted to express it so yeah that was what drew me back that's amazing that's really yeah that is really really amazing and especially you know it well thank god for that course that you did as well <laughs> it, it was the, the best money I've ever spent honestly <laughs> and I suppose as well um you know why 
what when you started writing and why you started writing um but I guess I, I, a question that I suppose is linked to that um is you know what motivates you to write now seeing as that's how you you started um but mm-hmm. why do you continue because obviously for a lot of writers they might start but <laughs> how do you keep going yeah sure um so I think after I'd done um this course for like a couple of years and then um I wrote my first book um and I just I think I just suddenly realized this is actually what I want to do do you know what I mean and I think I was like it must sound really arrogant I was like I'm not bad at it do you know what I mean I can write a book I think we're all a little bit arrogant if we think we can write a book and I don't think that's a bad thing to admit I think that's okay (laughs) (laughs) so I was like I I could you know I'm enjoying it and I know I'm not terrible at it so I kept going and um and yeah and then sorry I wrote wrote a few notes I hope you don't mind if I just refer to them (laughs) um yeah as a person I think I'm quite like goal driven and I quite like um setting goals for myself and achieving them and after having done these writing courses for a couple of years and had had written two books I was like um I want to get on a shelf now and that was my motivation um so yeah it was for me for a long time just something that I wanted to achieve and something that I wanted to do and so I went hunting for an agent and things like that um so getting a book on a shelf was always really important Mm-hmm. but um why I keep doing it I think actually what draws me back to it again is the fact that um I I really like the psychology of books like why characters do what they do yeah. you know and I think I like adding in that element into my own writing about um sort of weird situations and then exploring why people do what they do and why they're sort of justifying to themselves um, why it's okay to do certain things. Because a lot of the characters that I end up writing are anti-heroes or, like, bad guys. <laughs> and it, they're always, it's quite fun to, to work out their motivations. And I think um, that is why I keep coming back to it. It's just, like, lacing in that emotional and psychological motivation for for characters I find that so interesting and I just want to keep doing that kind of thing yeah and so that's really interesting no that was a great answer and I think as well you kind of covered it a little bit with motivation but are you the sort of writer that needs to write at a certain time of day or do you write every day or do you just do it in big bursts and when you are writing do you you were talking about your characters and how, how they come together are you a potter or are you a pantser definitely folds into that question so yeah plot of cancer (laughs) and when how do you write okay um I am one of those people who falls into the cracks I'm kind of a pantser kind of a plotter probably more of a pantser but um the book um every line of you is um I pants that okay pretty pretty hardcore in in a hot and messy two weeks (laughs) (laughs) um because um, I, I got the idea from a writing class actually um, and we were doing character development and we all got given like these little um, bags full of items and we had to create a character around these items and that was how I came up with my main character um, and then I went home and I was just so possessed by this character that I just 
went on a, on a page. And then I got my first draft out in about two weeks, which has never happened again, by the way. <laughs> so um, there's that, just that one time I had that perfect writing experience and the rest of the time it's like been horrible. But um, yeah, so um, that was really good fun. So that was a total pants. Um, and I think since then, um, and because I've kind of, um, again, another humble brag, kind of grown in skill in that I know more what I'm doing, yeah. probably. Um, I tend to sort of... Um, plot a little bit mm. and then go and write it do you know what I mean? absolutely yeah so I kind of fall into that I love pantsing because if if I know how a book happens if, if I'm writing a book and I know how it's going to end then it doesn't interest me mm-hmm. so I like to know I like it to be a surprise for myself whilst I'm writing it um but I also in order to get words on the page you have to kind of know a little bit about what's going to happen yeah so um, I have to plot a little You're bit. A but I do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're a plant. Yeah. You're a plant. Okay. Oh, the flashlight method. I'm not sure. I think it's like where you kind of plot a little bit. Yeah. That was what I, I heard. This. I was like, oh, that might be me. I'm not sure. Where like um, you, you, you plot a little bit and then you write those bits you've plotted and then you're like, oh, what happens next? And you you plot a bit more, then you write that and then you plot a bit, and you just keep going until you get to the end of the book. So uh, that that might be me. I'm not. I'm not sure. That sounds like me. To be honest, the old has a name for it because I also like pla- plants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Plants. Yeah, plants. I just thought oh, you know. I like it. That would be their romance yeah. name, plants. <laughs> plotting a rom. Uh, if plotting plotting a romance. If plotting and pantsing had a romance, they would be the plants. Right? Yeah. So, and that's yeah, how that's Naomi good. wrote her romance story. Is by sort of. Did you say you like yeah. you just re- wrote it all in like two weeks in like this big but also you have thought about it. obviously you've got this idea at this class so I suppose that time yeah. you weren't writing particular times of day you weren't particularly thinking I'll set, let's set down this many because you did it in one big chunk yeah I, I was work I was really lucky at the time because I was working part-time mm. um and I think I had just um finished on like a Wednesday evening and then I had my writing class and I just came home and I was I've got like four days stretched out before me so I wrote like as much as I could and then obviously worked my hours my job and then but um the rest of the time I was just writing and then I woke up at like I wait I remember I was lying in bed and I was waiting for my husband to fall asleep and I was like I'm gonna get out of bed right now and then <laughs> so I waited for him till he was definitely asleep and then I crept out of the bedroom and wrote till like two or three in the morning um so I, I was knackered but and then after, after the two weeks after I wrote the end I was like oh it's done <laughs> <laughs> and did you so, take a break um, then or did you move to yeah, you don't okay, you then get good. a break <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh, no, I'm, not, I'm not that much of a yeah you could write like 26 books a year yeah, exactly. <laughs> bang them out every oh, two weeks yeah. you know <laughs> yeah just another one to knock it out you know <laughs> um but in terms of time of day and everything mm. I think I prefer um writing in the morning after I first woken up um because I feel like as you're asleep things kind of percolate in your subconscious yeah. and you can just when you get to your laptop for me anyway when I get to my laptop I'm like oh yeah okay I'll just I'll, I know what I'm doing now so I think I need um the evening and, and sleep time to I don't know refresh yeah yeah I find that if I come to work to work in the afternoon I'm not I don't know why it's funny isn't it sometimes a day just don't click 
and I, after the afternoon's one for me. I've got to do it in the morning. If I don't get anything done in the in the morning, I know I'm not going to write that day. To be honest. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's called morning pages. Ooh, I think that's the artist's oh, way. Really? It's called morning pages. Yeah, where you wake up and even if you're not writing your book, you just write down everything in your head that morning oh. because you are more refreshed. Mm. Learning all the technical language. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, yeah, flashlight method, morning pages. We're just running our own course here. It's fine. Sign up. Uh, um, And also, actually, Naomi, I wanted to ask you. um, So I follow you on Twitter, have done for a long time, and I saw the picture you posted of all of your drafts you posted a couple of months ago, I think it was now, for um, Every Line of You. And I know it's had, I saw different titles on there, and I saw, obviously, all these different, like, piles of paper. And so I wanted to ask, especially for people who are writing a book and thinking about how what happens when you get to the publisher, or even you get an agent, so it must be perfect because you've got an agent, right? So a publisher is just going to pick it up and print it next week because I can't be any more to do. So, yeah, exactly. The dream. So I was going to ask, how much does it change or have you found in your experience it's changed from like that first draft, that two weeks, like get everything out over to obviously I assume you've got finished copies now and it's going to be coming out in August. Yeah. So how much has it changed? Um. <clears throat> interesting question uh when I very first wrote the book um it had a different ending um and it was very much the ending that I wanted the book to have um because I was in that hot and messy two weeks and I was like this is perfect this is gold this is what's going to be you know <laughs> and um and then you get um feedback and um particularly when I was, I was on submission I had that wrong ending and um because I was quite emotionally attached to the book I didn't, I was getting a lot of rejections, but I didn't know why. And then I sent it off to a beta reading company and they were like, you might want to think about changing your ending. Mm. And I was like, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, like their advice was absolutely right. And then um, I actually submitted to my agent, Jo Malt at Skylark. And she basically rang me and said, you know, your book's great, but you're ending, like as a reader, I was expecting something else to happen. And I was like, hmm, okay. So that's like two professionals who've taken the time to actually tell me what's going on. (laughs) Um, I think by that point, I was probably on about draft four or five, just for me. Right. Um, So I think by then it had gone through two title changes just for myself. Um, It started off as Henry and then it was I, Henry. Um, And then for a little while it was I, Lydia. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And then, um, <laughs> um, and then, so yeah, and then, so Joe was like, you know, as a reader, I was expecting this to happen. If you want to do that, um, you know, write it and then come back to me. And uh, it took me a long time to actually realize that that is probably what I need to do. And again, it goes back to my um, goal that I wanted to get on a shelf. And I was like, okay, so if this is what is going to get me on a shelf, I need to cut that emotional tie mm. um, and, and make that change and just see how I feel about it. Um, and so I did it and for a while I was like this really isn't what I wanted to happen but um it absolutely makes so much more sense like it just does I think so yeah so I then I submitted it back to Joe, and she was like this is great you know I'll sign you which is perfect you know that's kind of what you want to hear isn't it so that was great and then she sent me a really long editorial letter of other changes to make which to be fair she did warn me with coming in our phone call she was like um, okay I can see you've worked hard how do you feel about working even harder <laughs> and I was like well yeah let's do it let's get on a shelf and um, she asked me to cut out 20,000 words and to generally 
pick up the pace of my book. Um, so there's a lot of other changes in that as well. So that was a huge edit. Um, and I think by that point, that might have been draft seven. Um, and then that was the novel, that was, sorry, that was the draft that she sent out to publishers. Um, and then obviously they had, when, after I signed with Chicken House, they obviously had their own edit that they wanted me to do. So it's probably eight or nine wow, drafts I think wow. I've been through. <laughs> yeah. That is pretty epic. I did, I did well. Though, I only had one um big edit to do for chicken house and after that I was on to line edit so that was quite encouraging uh, finally the book was in the right place and we're just down to kind of word choice and full stop <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's amazing to hear as well because I think people wonder if an agent gets back and says oh maybe if this get back mm-hmm. to me and sometimes people think it's a bit of a platitude but it's nice to hear that you know yeah. Joanna said that and then you got back and she was like yes this is the book this is the book I yeah. wanted that's amazing yeah, she's great. She's the perfect mix of honesty and optimism. Which is what you need in an agent, you know. <laughs> and it's um, is it multiple points of view? Um, every line of view. No, no I was just wondering with Lydia and Henry, <laughs> and you weren't yeah, sure. Yeah, it's all told from um the point of view of Lydia. Okay. Um, but very very quickly. Um, oh, a little spoiler. She um. <laughs> spoiler. <laughs> into her mm. arm and then he's in her head right. and he can talk to her in her head so he becomes very much like another main character pretty early on okay. so it's, it's all told from her point of view right so he is like feeding directly into her, her brain yeah. which is quite exciting yeah it's like writing a book <laughs> <laughs> just inject that chip into our brains and then type it out <laughs> but, and also I thought the other thing that was really interesting I think um you know that like Melissa said it will reassure people listening that you know if an agent shows interest also that they'll um you know they might sign you and then they'll work with you on the thing that they might have pointed out as a thing to improve on but also it was really interesting when you said that you had to sort of Mm -hmm. cut a bit of an emotional tie with the book in order to make it that sellable book because I mean Mm -hmm. definitely for me there's been times with writing where I'm like my heart says this (laughs) but maybe my head says something else like that's a really interesting sort of process you had to go through that must have been quite difficult Mm -hmm. to yeah, it it was a big lesson for me to learn, I think. Um, it's like, what do you really want? I think I, I asked myself that. I was like, what do I want? Do I want this book? You know, I've written this book mm-hmm. and it's got the ending that I wanted it to have. But then I was like, or I can get it on a shelf and I can take, you know, editorial professional <laughs> advice from multiple <laughs> people <laughs> um, and give it a different ending, you know. Um, but yeah, I, I did have, I wrote it and it didn't taste right. But then I was like, now I look at the book and I'm like, it, it makes so much mm-hmm. sense and it, mm-hmm. it feels right for the book now. The other ending, I look, I look at it back, I look back at it and I think like, what an <laughs> idiot I was for writing that. <laughs> no, <laughs> you wouldn't be the book where you got it to if you hadn't, I suppose, written that first ending and then now yeah. maybe gone on that journey with it because that's a real killing yeah. darling story, it sounds like. It is. They yeah. got you to a really good place in the end. So that is a success story in the end, which is good. <laughs> that's amazing well I I think we'll go on to Mm. the quiz um because we've heard some really awesome stuff um from Naomi and your book sounds amazing um I'm sure it'll be really and I just think the AI focus sounds really fascinating and um now I've heard that you know a bit of a spoiler that spoiler is really uh 
teased it. It's amazing. <laughs> it is. Yeah, that was it's a juicy, juicy. spoiler. <laughs> 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 this is also why I like having <laughs> Melissa as co-host because I don't think she would have said juicy spoiler but Melissa's come out with that phrase so <laughs> <laughs> yeah you can't say juicy spoiler <laughs> yeah for less clean podcast content vote for Melissa yeah. as co-host <laughs> um, so we'll go on the yeah of course yeah, of course yeah. Yeah. We'll let we them will. out from under the cupboard soon. And the cupboard the side. You can come out. Um, well, we are going to have the children's book quiz um, to, to end the episode. Um, so I think, Melissa, you're going to be our quiz master. Am I correct on that? Yes. I am. Yes, I am going to be the quiz master. And all of my questions are based on YA oh, romance yay. books. <laughs> Fun. Yeah, because I was thinking, you know, every line of you, and I thought, right, okay. Um, I was actually going to do teen robots, but there's not as many as there should be. That's all I'm saying. It's not as much AI as there should be in YA. So uh, we're going with romance. Yes. Okay, is everyone ready? So we're going to just, I think we just usually do an honor system, don't we, where just um, I'll pick somebody alternately each time to answer first, and the other person has to be super honest and say whether they would have given that answer or not. Cool. Right, question one. Uh, in the Hunger Games, when trying to get to know each other better, Katniss says her favourite colour is green. What is Peter's favourite colour? We'll go to our guest mm-hmm. first, Naomi. Um, he says orange, and then he says, not like bright orange, like a sunset orange. <laughs> <laughs> I am just going to give that <laughs> point to Extra Naomi, because so my colour was wrong, and B, I couldn't directly quote it, so... <laughs> <laughs> Naomi gets like a no, thousand ah, points. You know, you know your genre. No, it's great. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Brilliant. Oh my god, that was amazing. Okay, cool. Question two. Come on, Florian, you've got to pick it up, really. Okay. In Noah Can't Even by Sam James Green, what is the name of Noah's friend that kisses him at the party? Oh no! This is I don't know. Oh my God, Stuart! <laughs> I wish you were doing this instead. Uh, D- Daniel, this is so embarrassing. <laughs> Daniel, <laughs> Naomi, what are you thinking? I can't remember. I've read that and I can't remember. I don't know. <laughs> I'm, look- I'm looking at. <laughs> Can I cheat? Is Turn off the video. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I'll just be like that. Um, I can't remember. I, I it's gone. I can't. No. Oh. So uh, it's Harry. Harry was the, yeah. Oh, it's so sweet. <laughs> you guys haven't read that. Oh, my gosh, so good. Uh, right. Okay. Moving on. Question three. Uh, when in Twilight, Bella moves to Forks to live with her father before meeting Edward for the first time. Where has she moved oh. from? And it is Naomi first to answer. (laughs) Uh, She's she's moved from Arizona, yeah. Mm. And she doesn't like any cold, wet thing. (laughs) (laughs) Who does? Such a weird thing to say. (laughs) Is it Phoenix? Florian, what are you going to say? I'm going to be a bit more specific to try and get that point back. Oh, (laughs) I was thinking, yep, yep. And I think that's fair. I was about to say, yeah, if you had... Phoenix Arizona, yeah. that is right. Okay, more even keel now, guys. More even keel. 
<laughs> okay, question four. Um, so in To All the Boys I've Loved Before, who sends Lara Jean's letters to all of her old crushes? Who steals the hat box and sends out the letters? And it is I haven't Gloria actually read this. So when you say who, mm-hmm. I don't know whether it's just go for character mm-hmm. role or actual name. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Cousin? Cousin. Cousin. And Naomi? Um, Well, like Marianne, I haven't read it, but I have watched it. Or in Jenny It is an excellent adaptation. It is. Well, it looked amazing. It was amazing. Um, I think it was her sister. Is it her younger sister? That's right. So, younger sister Kitty. Yep. And it's the same as in the books. So. I'm really mm, yeah, showing myself a, up that so far Gloria, Twilight is the only one that I've got a point on. Um, <laughs> we can't. It's fine. <laughs> okay. oh, well, all to play for question five, because technically nobody actually said Kitty's name. So <laughs> let's say all to play for in question five. Okay, here we go. Okay. Um, so recently, well, a few months ago, BBC adapted the award-winning dystopian Star-Crossed Ooh. Lovers romance book, Noughts and Crosses. Oh, okay. Who wrote Knots and Crosses? <laughs> oh, okay, I know that. And, <laughs> and it is... Oh, gosh, who is it to answer first? Oh, oh, unless no. you both know and you just want to shout it. Mallory Blackman. Yay! Mallory Blackman. Yay! Mallory Blackman. Amazing. I thought... <laughs> it's an easy one to finish off. Yeah, I think... pretty evenly paired, but I think they only yeah, yeah, could just yeah. sit You can out. be crowned oh, the, quiz, the quiz winner of this episode. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh well that was amazing you did a really good job and I'm back I'm very embarrassed by my lack of YA romance knowledge so I will yeah it'll be on the next very next quiz hint to our next guest get reading it it's gonna be a question so <laughs> Well, thank you so much for joining us for the episode, Naomi. It was really nice to have you. Um, and it was also really fun to have Melissa as our as our co-host for the, for the first, and hopefully not the last episode. Um, oh, thank so, you. Yeah. <laughs> hint, hint. Um, thank you so much. And yeah, and I hope you all enjoyed you listening much. to our episode. And obviously, if you want to join us on Twitter to chat about it, um, we'd love to hear your thoughts about the episode, um, any ideas you might have about what you've listened to are you a plotter a pantser or a plantser as is our new term on this episode <laughs> um and also have you yourself <laughs> gone through anything that Naomi might have gone through cutting those emotional ties um with your book um and so on so we'd love to hear from you so thank you for listening and we'll see you next episode